Pastor Chuk Sogoye is the senior pastor of Resurrection Life Church, Johannesburg. Pastor Chooks is a passionate teacher and preacher of the Word of God. He has been blessed by God with the uncanny ability and gift to explain and unpack deep and complex spiritual truths in very easy to understand and apply formats. He is the host of the radio broadcast programs Living the Life and Amazing Power of Woman. Over the years, Pastor Chooks has been actively involved in marketplace ministries. He is an entrepreneur and business consultant with an avid passion for raising other entrepreneurs and business leaders. Here is Pastor Chooks Ogoy. This year is our year of glory. It's our year of glory. We are learning about the glory of God. Hallelujah. We are learning about the glory of God. We're trying to understand what glory means. And um, at the same time, the word glory is also an acrostic. Uh, the Spirit of God just inspires uh, acrostics and uses that to guide our teaching and our preaching and our discipleship efforts for a year. So this year, that acrostic is G-L-O-R-Y. G stands for glory unveiled, where we are unpacking the concept of the glory of God and an understanding how to plug into the glory of God and how to fill our lives and fill our world with God's glory. Hallelujah. From the beginning, God's desire has always been that the earth will be filled with the glory of God. Amen. And, and we know that, that Adam was operating in glory until he fell. And when the fall happened, he disconnected from the glory of God. Where the, hence, Bible says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. When Adam sinned, all sinned. And God, because he designed man to operate in glory, had to make a plan. Uh, and, and that plan was his son, Jesus. And Jesus came and died and established a number of things. His death didn't just do one thing. He did many things by his coming. One of them was to restore glory in the earth. So glory is back on the earth now. Amen. Glory is back on the earth. And we are learning how to connect with it, but it's on the earth right now. Jesus restored glory back on the earth. And not only that he restored glory, we learned that he, he, he attained it for us and as us. Amen. And he made a way. He carved out a way. So there's a way right now to, to, to walk into glory and to access glory. The way is there in the spirit. And what we are learning over this period is how to find that way for each one of us find that way stay on that way and connect with glory and one of the things that we have learned from god's word is that glory is at different levels the bible talks uh, talks about us going from glory to glory to glory glory is at different levels so there are different levels of glory and you can stay stuck at the first or initial levels of glory and live your whole life at that level and never know the depths that are truly available in the things of God. I want to announce it this morning as I've always said it. Not everything that Jesus died for has become known and accessed by man on earth even till now. Let me say it again. Everything Jesus died for has not been fully tapped into. There are many things Jesus died for that the church has not even come into awareness of. And hence, we have not tapped into it. But we are in the season where we are learning some of those things and we are, we are staying on that path 
that Jesus created and working on that part and we will, we will tap into, we are that generation, please hear me, we are that generation that will come into the fullness of everything Jesus died for. We are that generation. Every single thing that he died to provide, we are that generation that will tap into it and access it. And these things are available because of revelation. Those things that he died for to provide, we only know by revelation. You see, you know, I keep saying it. When, when the disciples of Jesus, even after Pentecost, after Pentecost, on the day of Pentecost, the Bible tells us that 3,000 people got saved and were joined to the church. And the church began to grow. You know, it was prolific. The things that happened for the next nine years after Pentecost, the church was just growing and exploding. But do you know that the same people who walked with Jesus on the day of Pentecost, how many people were filled with the Holy Ghost? Come on. How many people were filled with the Holy Ghost? The first, the first installment of the Spirit, the outpouring of the Spirit on the earth, how many people witnessed it? Come on, Bible students. 120 people. 120 people in the upper room. So, so the disciples of Jesus, the apostles were 12, and there was another 108 other people who were filled with the Holy Spirit on that day. And they, they started that assignment and they began to preach. But do you know that their ignorance of the things that Jesus died for hindered them from truly doing what God wanted? The Bible says that they were actively avoiding preaching the gospel to Gentiles. They were actively avoiding preaching the gospel to Gentiles. So for the first 10 years of the gospel, they never understood it, that Jesus died for the whole world. Even though Jesus said it while he was with them, he said there is sheep, there is other flock that I need to bring in that is not this one. Meaning he was talking about the Gentiles, but they didn't understand it. Hence, the Bible said, Jesus said, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit who is going to teach you all things. And in addition to the things that I have taught you, which he will remind you, he's going to guide you into all truth. Because there are so many things I'm saying right now. You are not understanding it. It's not making sense to you. I'm going to send you the Holy Ghost so that he can teach you these things and cause you to understand it. Despite the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, they still didn't get it. So for 10 years, no Gentile was saved. For 10 years, no Gentile was, was, was in the kingdom. No Gentile was healed. No Gentile was filled with the Holy Ghost. For 10 years, in those 10 years, please hear, in those 10 years, Gentiles were dying and going to hell. Not because, not because salvation was not made available for them, but because the people of God did not understand. The people that that God wanted to carry that mandate did not understand it. The apostles, the leaders of the church did not have understanding. And there was a Gentile by the name Cornelius who for whatever reason is not our subject today, but for whatever reason, this, this man was pressing in the Holy Spirit. He was pressing. He was pressing. The Bible said that he was, he was praying he was praying and he was, he was sharing his resources and, and just being generous and just blessing people and but was praying. 
And at the time, the whole of heaven paid attention to this man. Who is this man who's been praying for 10 years now? And asking, asking for salvation. And the whole of heaven had to pay attention to a man. And an angel was sent to him. And while the angel was being dispatched to him, another angel was being dispatched to Peter. Because Peter was the leader of, 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 of the church at the time. And an angel went to Peter to give him a vision. And one an angel came to Cornelius. And he said to Cornelius, your prayers and your arms given has stood as a memorial in heaven. What you do on earth is being noticed by heaven. Your giving is being noticed by heaven. Oh, you're hearing what I'm saying this morning. I say your giving is noticed by heaven. The things you do on earth is being noticed. It says your giving and your praying has come up as a memorial. We need you to be saved. That thing you've been praying and pressing in, heaven is about to release it to you. But the angel says, I am not qualified to bring the word of salvation to you. Because salvation can only be preached by a man. An angel can't preach it. So, so I need you to send for a certain apostle by the name Peter. Here is the address. Here is the address where he is staying. Send for him. For he has received instructions concerning you. So, so the, he dispatches soldiers and messengers. And they take that address the angel gave them to go and look for Peter. And when they get, where to, get to where Peter was, they, 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 the, the, the Holy Spirit said to Peter, there are some men downstairs, they are looking for you. You need to go with them. And then he followed them and came back to Cornelius. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 10, verse 42, as, as Peter began to preach the gospel to these Gentiles, the Bible said they were saved and they got filled with the Holy Ghost. The experience of Pentecost happened to Gentiles. What they had on the day of Pentecost, they, they, Peter saw it reproduced in that room where Cornelius and his household were. And they got saved and they got baptized in the Holy Spirit right there. And, and Peter was shocked because he didn't, he didn't think that the gospel was for the Gentiles. But the Holy Ghost confirmed it. Thank God for his obedience. Amen. And then when Peter came back, to, to Jerusalem, the apostles and the other leaders of the church, they attacked him. They attacked him. I said, how can you go to preach to the Gentiles? Peter said, you guys should come down. You guys should come down. I went because of a revelation that God gave me. And I, I heard the Holy Spirit say, go. And I went. And when I went there, and I preached to them, and I saw exactly what happened to us on the day of Pentecost. I saw it in that room. I saw the hand of God come down. Listen, if, if we didn't orchestrate what happened on Pentecost Day, I didn't orchestrate this. This must be the will of God. God must have a plan for the Gentiles. It was, it was only then, 10 years, it was only then that the Gentiles were brought into the kingdom. Thank God for a man like Cornelius. He tells me and you something, that any man who will press in and press in God is not a respecter of persons. And by reason of the, the tenacity of Cornelius, the whole of the Gentile world were open to the gospel. And from then, going forward, Gentiles were now welcoming the church. Hallelujah. But, but, but their salvation had been secured on the cross. But the people, did, people didn't understand it. 
we are coming into understanding now. I say we are coming into understanding. And everything that Jesus died for, me and you, we will connect it and we bring it in. Amen. That's G. L stands for leading our generation. We're going to be learning leadership. Part of, part of that is happening tonight as we, as we sit with a leadership guru to learn how to lead. Every one of us is a leader. I said every one of you is a leader. Everybody. Everybody in the church is a leader. You, there is an enclave. There is a domain. There is a territory. that There is a people that God wants you to show the light. You are the light of the world. For you to, to speak of leadership, it means shining the light and leading the way. Hallelujah. I don't know if you have, I don't know, for those of you who grew up in, in Joburg, you will understand. I grew up in a village where there was no electricity. And when you are going out in the dark, in the night, you will carry a light. And the person who carries the light is in front. And then everybody follows him as he holds the light and goes. That's how it happens. And that's what God wants us to do, to hold the light and go in a dark world. In a dark world, in a world filled with darkness. Somebody in this church is called to light up and lead a generation. Amen. We're going to learn how to do that. O stands for opportunities maximized. Harnessed, opportunities harnessed and utilized. We're going to learn how to harness opportunities. Because opportunities are constantly coming to you. Opportunities to be greater than what you are today. Opportunities to make impact, opportunities to make money, opportunities to break out and become all that. They are coming to you every day and passing. If you recognize them, you harness them. If you don't recognize them, they pass and they come again. Hallelujah. R stands for resurrection power engaged. We're going to be learning how to engage that power that raised Jesus from the dead. It takes, listen, it takes an understanding of that power to wield it. And, and God wants us to learn to wield that power like a scepter. Oh, I can't wait to get to this part in the, in the teaching and, 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 and preaching times over you know, the coming Sundays. God wants us to wield that power like you wield a scepter, like you wield a rod. Every believer must be able to hold that power in their hands like you hold a rod. Hallelujah. And when you learn to hold that power in your hand like you hold a rod, you begin to beat the devil everywhere you find him. I thought somebody would say a big amen. Everywhere you find him, every, in any place where you see his hand, you can use that rod and break his hand and set the world and the, life and, and, the, and the environment around you free from the powers of hell. And then why is yieldedness to the Spirit of God? That's the last one. Yieldedness to the Holy Spirit. We're going to learn how to yield to the Spirit and walk with the Spirit. Amen. All right. This morning, we are pressing into God's glory to experience His goodness, part six. Turn with me to Colossians chapter three. So today is part six of that series. Are you ready for revelation this morning? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Are you ready for revelation this morning? Get ready, get ready, get ready. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, everybody. Verse 1. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. Let's read. He says, If then you were raised with Christ. Somebody say, I was raised with Christ. Somebody say, I was raised with Christ. If then 
you were raised with Christ. Seek those things which are above. Where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Verse 2, set your mind. Somebody say mind. mind. Somebody say mind. mind. That's very important. There's a key word this morning. Set your mind on things above. Not on things on the earth. Set your mind on things above. Not on things on the earth. For you died. And your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ who is our life appears. Then you also will appear with him in glory. You will appear with him where? In glory. Amen. Alright. Now. Let's, let's, let's start. When God created man in the garden, he first of all created man as a spirit in Genesis 1.26. So when God said, let us create man in our image and after our likeness, and then the Bible says, and God created man. So, so when you read that and God created man in his image and his likeness, that was when man started existing as a spirit. Hello? So he had no, he had no body at this point and no expression in the earth at this point. He was a spirit created and he dwelt in the dimension of God. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, God came down to the earth because he had already created the earth. And then the Bible said that he bent down and molded the dust of the ground and molded man. So God took his hands and started pressing dust together. He did not speak dust to become man. The Bible said he made man from formed man. He, it was a forming. He formed man from the dust of the ground. So as he formed man, put his ears, put his nose, put his mouth, everything, all his organs, and he formed him on the earth, we had a pile of dust or mud or clay on the, on, on the ground. And then God breathed upon that, that thing he molded. And the breath of life entered into that, that thing he molded and the man stood up. Man stood up from the ground. And as he stood up from the ground, he got, listen, he got physically separated from the soil. And the breath of God transformed his body. It wasn't like this. Pay attention. But transformed his body, that his body became different from the ground. And he was in a state. And the Bible said, he became a living soul. He became what? Everybody said living soul. He became a living soul. Now remember that God's intention was for man to rule the earth and have dominion over the earth. And he made him a living soul. What that says to me and you is that 
Man as a living stone, as a living soul, has dominion. So dominion in the earth required man to be a living soul. So man as a spirit, which was the first form that he was when God created him, could not have dominion in the earth. Man as a spirit could not have dominion in the earth. He needed to have a soul that was living in order to rule the earth. Meaning that rulership or dominion had to proceed from his soul. It had to proceed from his soul. So we are spirit beings who have a soul and we live in a body. So that body that was given to him was given to him so that his soul a man as a living soul could find expression in the earth this is important that we understand this the soul is made up of three 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 components your mind or your intellect your ability to think hello your ability to what think your mind your emotions and your will those are the three faculties that make up your soul so when the bible says that man was a living soul his mind was filled with life his emotions were filled with life and his will were animated by life but a living soul was not the zenith that man was supposed to attain no, there was another level there was another level that he was supposed to attain he was supposed to he was put in the garden so that he could develop so god came every day to fellowship with with man as a living soul and that soul was supposed to be trained and he was supposed to evolve and evolve and evolve and eat the fruit of the tree of life when he finally eats of the fruit of the tree of life then he becomes what he was created to become then he would have he would have become a life given spirit he would have become what but he never got there satan truncated his journey and his progress and his development he never became a life-given spirit in the garden so so he 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 as a living soul <laughs> was fallible as a living soul he was what fallible. he was fallible and he fell if he had eaten of the fruit of the tree of life he would have become infallible and he would have become immortal. But he never got there. So he fell. And then there was a regression. He fell and he was a re there was a regression. And then the, his body became what we are carrying right now. The body that Adam had before he ate of the fruit. Was not like this. Hello. He was not like this. So this was what came when he ate that fruit 
And this body became like this. So he became trapped in a body. And this body now is subject to all kinds of things, including sin and death. This body now could die. But in the, in the initial state he was as a living soul, it wasn't like this. As a living soul, he didn't have blood. <laughs> Hallelujah. His, his physiology didn't have blood. He had glory. His, his body was animated with glory. So, so when he sinned, he, became, he became cut off from glory. And then instead of glory, blood started flowing. Are you still here? So, so, so blood was not there big, at the beginning. It was glory. He was animated by the glory of God. His whole being was filled with glory. But when he became disconnected from glory, blood came. Now, when Jesus came, Jesus came as man. In that state that Adam descended into, or, or, or I'm looking for the word, depreciated into, that state, Jesus took on that form and went through the process and went through the journey that Adam should have worked Completed the journey that Adam should have worked. So he redeemed man from the consequences of the fall and then eventually entered the dimension that man ought to have entered if man was obedient in the garden. So when he, and then he had to die and pay the penalty for man's sin. And then when he was raised from the dead, stay with me, when he was raised from the dead, he attained that stature. He became immortal. Hallelujah. He became what? Immortal. The body that he came from the grave with didn't have blood anymore. He didn't have what? Blood. Because all of that blood, he shed it. He shed it. He poured out. So the resurrected Christ didn't have blood again. What he now had was what? Glory once again. So he came out and attained that stature of glory once again. And we know now, as we read the revelations that Apostle Paul penned down for us, that he rose for us and rose as us. Hallelujah. Are you here with me? So Paul is telling us, if then you were raised with Christ, Somebody said, I've been raised with Christ. If then you were raised with Christ, set your mind. So you still have a soul. Let, let me explain this. As Jesus came out from the grave, he became a life-given spirit. Now, a life-given spirit is an upgrade of a living soul. Hello? You know, so, so let me explain like this. You know, like when you, you get a software and then you upgrade the software. So you go from fashion version 2.0 to version 3.0. Now, everything that 3.0, everything that 2.0 has, 3.0 has it plus more. It's an upgrade. 
So when you upgrade the software, they add things to it. So inside 3.0 is 2.0. But now 3.0 has futures and additions that 2.0 does not have. And 3.0 functions better than 2.0. Are you here? Because of the upgrade. So this is why, you know, when, when, when they release a software and they find that it has, you know, some vulnerabilities, the, the software engineers, they code and create a patch and fix those vulnerabilities. And then you have to download the upgrade and upgrade your software to the new version so that it's no longer subject to those vulnerabilities that were there before. Are you here? So, so that's exactly what happened. A living soul, a life-given spirit is an upgrade of a living soul. So meaning that a life-given spirit has everything a living soul has plus more. Now he has life. Listen, the life that, that, that Jesus received from man is eternal life. Somebody say eternal life. Somebody say eternal life. Another way to translate eternal life is everlasting life. Everlasting life. Another way to translate eternal life is ever-increasing life. So it's life that does not end. It's life that keeps on living. Hallelujah. It's life that does what? Keeps on living. It's a life that conquers death and it does not end. So, so Jesus provided eternal life for all of humanity. Now, one of the things about eternal life is ever-increasing life. It's life that keeps pouring and keeps growing and keeps, you know, evolving and keeps going higher and higher and higher. So, a life-given spirit has the capacity because he has eternal life and that life does not end. So, imagine yourself to carry a fountain and you are connected to an infinitely large reservoir. Pay attention. Imagine you to be a fountain. You are a fountain. All of all the, imagine all the sweat pores on your skin, all over your body. You have pores. Hello? You have pores all over your skin. Am I right? Good. So imagine all those pores to be holes, to be holes out of which life is pouring. So you are like a, a shower head of some sort with millions of capillaries and life is pouring out from you and you are connected to a reservoir of infinite dimensions now as that life-given spirit because you have life that cannot be contained are you here i, I need your mind this morning as because you connected to life that cannot be contained because you are connected to an infinitely large reservoir anything you touch you fill it with life Anywhere you go, you fill it with life because you don't have a shortage of supply of life. Everything, life is pouring out from you. That's what it means to be a life-given spirit. So what that means is this. If you, if you can walk with me, I know I'm being a bit scientific this morning, but that's where I understand scriptures and I understand spiritual things. So stay with me. Imagine that you are that, that fountain with, you know, Maybe 10 million holes and life is pouring throughout those holes. And there's no end to how much life you pour out. What does it say? If you stay in this room, given 
enough time, you will fill this room with that thing you are pouring out. Amen? Are you here? If, if they put you in this compound, given enough time, you will fill this compound with that thing you're carrying. Meaning that given enough time, you can fill this city with life. Given enough time, you can fill the nation of South Africa with life. Because it keeps pouring out from you and it does not end. Hallelujah. All right. I said that so that you understand verse 2. He said, set your mind. Do what? Remember, the mind is a part of the soul. Your mind is a part of the soul. And now that you are a life-given spirit after the order of Christ, you still have a soul that has a mind. Now God says, that mind is under your control. I need you to set it somewhere. I need you to set that mind on heaven. I need you to what? Set that. Meaning that your mind can be set on the earth or your mind can be set on heaven. So it's a choice now I make with my will to control my mind and set my mind on things in heaven. Stay with me. If my mind is supposed to be set on things in heaven, that means that I am supposed to connect my mind to heaven. And wherever I set it, resources flow into the mind on wherever you point it to. Are you here? So if I set my mind to heaven, heaven fills my mind. And if my mind is filled with heaven, what happens to my world? My world is filled with heaven. Oh, please understand this. Your body. Your body. Somebody said my body. is an extension of your mind. Your body is an extension of your mind. In fact, let me say it in another way. Your body is the densest part of your mind. Your body is what? The densest part of your mind. Is the densest expression of your mind. That's, this is truth. This is the reason why even, you know, people in the medical profession will tell you that your mind affects your body. Your mind can cause your body to malfunction. Doctor, am I right or wrong? Your mind can cause your body to malfunction. Your emotions can cause your body to die. Hallelujah. Somebody can receive bad news. And they receive news that shocks them. And they go into a cardiac arrest. People have been known to get news and they had a heart attack and they died. How do you explain that? If the body is not connected to the mind, how do you hear news? And you hear something and then you're, you, you're just, your heart just collapses. And then you just die. You can be under intense pressure by reason of whatever is going on in your world. Your blood pressure shoots high. 
to the point where it causes serious damage. It can even kill you. So, your body and your mind are intricately connected. You need to understand that. So, when the Bible says, set your mind on things in heaven, God needs, hey, please pay attention to what I'm about to say. Set your mind on things in heaven. God needs your body to conform to heaven. Because there is nowhere your mind can be set on things in heaven continuously and your body will continue to carry the form of the earth. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Your body will follow whatever it is your mind is obsessed with. So if your mind is filled with heaven, your body will change and begin to reflect where your mind has been. Hallelujah. You know, you know, let me explain something about your mind. You know, you can be in this room and be in this service and not be here. Yeah? You can be in this room and not be here. And because your mind has gone somewhere. And you are here, hearing me, but you're not hearing me. And then you notice that this person has goofed off. And their mind, their mind can go all the way to... to Harare, Zimbabwe. And they are sitting in Zimbabwe while they are here in this room. And you are talking and they are not hearing you. Their mind can go all the way to Limpopo. And they are in this room. So much is going on here. So much is being said but they are not hearing you because they are not here. Meaning that you are where your mind is. You are where your mind is. Hallelujah. So, so when, when I, I want to get your attention, what do I do? I tap you. I tap you. I tap your body so that your mind can come back to where I want you to be so you can hear what I'm saying. So you are where your mind is. Hallelujah. So, so you can come to church and the devil will deceive you and the devil will cheat you because all through the time you are in this service, you were not here. Your mind had gone to where your boyfriend is. And you're fellowship with your boyfriend while God is trying to speak to you. So you can't hear what God is saying even though you're in the service. You can come to church and Satan comes with the spirit of stupor. Do you know spirit of stupor? The one that makes you want to sleep and feel drowsy. And, and your mind is filled with stupor. And you're not hearing what I'm saying because you are drowsy, you're sleeping. So, so you're in the service and God is moving and things are being deposited but your mind was not here even though your body was sitting here. So your mind, you are where your mind is. Let me say that again. You are where your mind is. And that becomes your reality. Where your mind is is your reality. So when the Bible says set your mind on things above, set your mind to heaven, what God is saying Remember that Jesus taught us to pray. He says, when you pray, say, our Father, who art in heaven. Come on. Hello, be. Come on, come on. Thy will be done on earth as it is. God wants heaven reproduced on the earth. God wants heaven to what? 
to be reproduced, to be replicated on the earth. And the only way for that to happen is when the church, everybody in the church learns to set their minds to heaven. Then we can download heaven and fill the earth with heaven. Are you here? So, please hear what I'm about to say next. The quality of life you have on the earth is being determined. Please hear this. If you can write this down, please write it down. The quality of life you have on the earth is being determined by your capacity to set your mind to things in heaven and keep it set there. The quality of your life on earth is being determined by your ability or your capacity to set your mind to heaven and keep it set there. So if life on earth has become hell for you, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. there are some people who are living on the earth, but they're in hell. Do you know what I'm talking about? Or near hell. Their life is full of troubles. Their life is full of all kinds of calamities. Their life is full of all kinds of atrocities and all kinds of stuff. The reason why their life on earth is filled with hell is because they haven't learned how to plug their mind to heaven and download heaven into their world. So they're experiencing hell. But do you know the good news? If you're having hell right now on earth, in any area of your life, if you're having hell, you can, you can switch that hell out by bringing heaven into that situation. See, see, there are many people, as we speak this morning, over 8 billion people on the earth, there are many people who are literally living in hell while they're on the earth. Satan has made their circumstances hell. Whether, whether by sickness, by disease, by lack, by injustice, by something or the other, their life on earth is not palatable. Why do you think people kill themselves? Why do you think people commit suicide? They commit suicide because they feel, Satan tells them that the only way out of the hell that they're experiencing is to kill themselves. And that, that's going to make it bearable to just get out of this body and not be here anymore. That's the only way to escape that hell. The devil lied to them. That's not the only way to escape that hell. It's one way to escape it, yes. You kill yourself, you get out of the hell that you are facing, whatever that hell is. But that's a very inferior way to get out of that hell. The most powerful way to get out of that hell is to set your mind to heaven. Set your mind to heaven and download the reality of heaven into that very circumstance you are dealing with. And that circumstance changes. So when the Bible says, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. You have a choice. You can set your mind on things on the earth or you can set your mind on things in heaven. There's a problem with setting your mind on things on the earth. Let me show you. Revelation chapter 12 verse 12. You see, you are suffering because you haven't learned to set your mind. You are what? Suffering because you haven't what? Learned to set your mind. Setting your mind requires discipline. Setting your mind requires knowledge. 
Setting your mind requires revelation. You understand it and then you do it. Look at Revelation chapter 12, verse 12. It says, Therefore, rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Who dwells in heaven? Remember, you are where your mind is. You are where? So he says to those who dwell in heaven, who are those people who dwell in heaven? Those who have set their minds in heaven. They are the ones who dwell in heaven. You are where your mind is. Therefore rejoice. It has to be rejoicing. Because that's what heaven is about. Rejoicing. Re joy. Rejoice all heavens. And you who dwell in them. And then he goes on to compare. Or to contrast rather. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. Who are the inhabitants of the earth? Those whose minds are fixated on earth. He says, woe to you. Woe is not a nice word. Hello? Woe is not a nice word. He said, woe to those who dwell on the earth and in the sea. Why? For the devil has come down to you. So the earth realm is the dimension where Satan is ruling and running. And if your mind is set on the things on the earth, then you are subjected to the devil. Come on. He says, the devil has come down to you with what? With great wrath. He's angry. Satan is angry because he knows that his time is short. So he has messed up the earth. His, his government is all over the earth. His agenda is all over the earth. And he's working with great anger. So those who are bound, whose minds are locked in the earth, he says, woe to you. Because you have to deal with the devil. You have to deal with the devil. You have to, you have to, you have to, you have to endure the harassment and the activities and the wickedness of Satan. Because he has no access to heaven. Hallelujah. The Bible says the accuser of the brethren has been cast down. He no longer, he no longer has dominion or rulership or interference to heaven. In fact, the death of Jesus, the death of Jesus took him out there completely. Hallelujah. You see, before Jesus died, listen to this please. Before Jesus died, Satan had access to heaven. But he had access to heaven with the, with the authority of man. So the authority he took from Adam in the garden, he used it to have access to heaven. So, so, so you see, for instance, in the book of Job, when, they said that when the sons of God came to present themselves before God, Satan showed up. He's not the son of God. But because he was carrying the cloak of Adam, he came in the authority of Adam. And he showed up when the sons of God showed up because he was carrying the cloak of Adam. But he's not a son of God. But because he took Adam's uniform, he can use it to come. And he came there. But when Jesus died on the cross, one of the things that he accomplished was that he completely disarmed principalities and powers. He completely, he completely took the authority from Satan. 
The Bible says he, he took the authority from him completely. So now, that uniform that gave Satan access to heaven, he doesn't have it anymore. Hallelujah. So for when the Bible says now, set your mind on things in heaven. That's a dimension now that, that Satan has no access to. So, so if you are going to rule in the earth, it is because you are able to access the resources of heaven. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. Let me say it again. If you are going to have any form of rulership and any form of dominion and any form of influence and authority, righteous authority in the earth, it's because you are able to access the resources of heaven by setting your minds there. Are you still with me? Right. So, when I set my mind on things above, not on things on the earth, my body begins to change and take on the body of heaven. I'm coming, to, I'm coming there just now. My body begins to go through a transformation. Are you here? This was what the Bible was talking about in Romans chapter 8 verse 11. When he said, if the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. How many of us have the spirit dwelling in us? If that spirit dwells in you, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead will what? Will quicken, will make alive your mortal body. You will make it alive as your mind is set on things above. Okay, so let's, let's read verse 3. Colossians 3, 3. It says, for you died. Did you, did you see that the died there is in past tense? For you, for you, not that you are dying. It's already happened and it's done. For you died. Somebody said, I have died. You've died, you've died. For you died in Christ. For you died. And then you have now been raised. And you have a new life. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. Stay with me. So this is you. He said you died. And he's trying to explain to you your new life now. So this new life is hidden with Christ. Is hidden with Christ. Hallelujah. So this is you now. When, when they look at you, you know what is inside this thing. It was a pen, right? But you don't see that pen. What do you see? You see the towel. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. So, when your mind is set, please hear this. When your mind is set to things above, you maximize this reality. Because your mind is set to heaven. This reality of being covered completely with Christ is your reality. So when your mind is set to things in heaven, when Satan looks at you, what does he see? He sees God. When Satan tries to attack you, when your mind is set to things in heaven, who does he try to attack? And he can't. <laughs> and he can't. So he backs off. 
he cannot effectively wage a fight against God. Why? Because he was permanently defeated by Jesus. So he can't. Listen to me. There are implications to what I'm saying this morning. When you learn to set your mind to things above and keep it set there, you become completely immune to everything that Satan could ever come up with. Completely immune. So when the scriptures say things like, no weapon fashioned against you shall be able to what? Prosper. Why? It doesn't, he didn't say Satan will not fashion the weapons. But he said it will not Satan has the right to do whatever he wants to do with his resources. So he can create weapons. He can fashion them. But sending the weapons against a man who is hidden with Christ, the weapon cannot prosper. He can't can't hit. The target becomes invisible. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The target becomes non-localized. You can't localize this target. Because Christ Christ is everywhere. How do you hit a target that is everywhere? You can't hit it. Why? Because when your life is hid with Christ, you become non-localized. Are you hearing me? You become non-localized so he can't target you. Because you are no longer in the realm where he can target you. Are you, are you here? So, so there, is, there is something that is happening when your mind is set on things above. You are hidden. You are so hidden, he can't find you. He plans it, he can't, he can't execute it because he can't find you. You see, 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 in, 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 in military warfare, you can't hit a moving target. It's difficult for you to hit a moving target. Ah! You, your precision has to be too accurate. In fact, the, the, the missile must be moving to be able to hit a moving target. See, when you are wrapped up with Christ, you are wrapped up with infinity. Oh, yeah, yeah. You are wrapped up with what? You are wrapped up with dimensions, dimensionlessness. So he can't, there are no coordinates for you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There are no coordinates for you. When they want to shoot a missile, they set the coordinates on the, on, the, on, 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 on the missile launcher and they put the coordinates and the missile goes to that coordinate. But when you are in Christ, there are no coordinates. So the, any coordinate they put, they can't find you on it. Because you are wrapped, you are hidden with Christ in God. God wants you to come to the place where as your mind is set there, there, listen, please, please hear what I'm about to say. Every reality, every reality of heaven becomes your reality. That makes the realities of the earth inconsequential. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So if, 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 for instance, the economies of the earth is being messed up by whatever is happening in the earth, but because you are connected to the economy of heaven, the, there is no effect of the things that happen on the earth on your economy. Because you are set on a higher dimension and uh, the vicissitudes of this lower dimension does not affect you. God wants us to train ourselves on how to set our minds on things above. Hallelujah. So, and the reason for that is because man was created a living soul. So your soul, what you do with your soul is still important. 
This is why for you as a child of God, you got to watch what your mind is, is consuming. You got to watch what you're feeding your mind. There are some diets that make it impossible for you to set your mind on things above. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. There are some things that you are pumping into your mind. It makes your mind so earthbound that it can't lift to set on heaven. Some of the things you consume is what is causing the problems. Because now your mind is so dense it can't lift. How do you want to, how do you want to lift a, a balloon? A hot air balloon, but you fill it with lead. It can't lift. It can't lift. You fill the balloon with water. It can't go. It can't lift. For the balloon to lift, you have to fill it with hydrogen or fill it with helium. Then it can lift. I'm saying to you this morning, watch what is going on in your mind. Watch what is going on into your mind. Some of the stuff you are consuming is doing you more harm than good. Because your mind can be set on things on the earth or your mind can be set in heaven. So if, your mind, if you want your mind to be set on things in heaven, feed your mind with heavenly things. Ah. Feed your mind with the word of God. Feed your mind with the word of God. Feed your mind with the word of God. It is difficult and in fact it is impossible to set your mind to heaven if you are feeding your mind only things in the earth. You're feeding your mind with an earthly diet. I'm wondering how come I can't see, I can't set it to heaven. You can't. So, he says, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Now look at the verse 4. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So there is an appearance that is coming. The, the master will appear a second time. Are you here? He's, he's coming. So when he appears, please stay with this illustration. Right now, Christ is on the earth, but he, doesn't, he has not appeared yet. But he's on the earth. Are you here? He's around. Amen. But he's not appearing to everybody yet. His presence is in the world. Hallelujah. So, I am wrapped with an invisible stuff. Which is not appearing to everybody. But a day will come. When he will localize his presence. And appear. When he appears. So this thing becomes visible to everybody again. And when that happens, God says, that which is hidden inside will appear with it. Will appear with it. The Bible talked about this in, in, in John. He says, we, we shall be as he is. Because we shall see him as he is. So when that happens, I will appear and I will be exactly like this. But until then, listen, listen, until then, until that event, I can continue to enjoy the futures and the blessings of this invisible Christ. I can operate as him, even though he is yet to appear. Hallelujah. So, I can, I can draw the blessings 
and the privileges and the powers of the risen Christ and live by them. Are you here? All right. Let me, let me go, 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 go one chapter back. Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2 verse 11. Let's read. It says, in him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh. Now, 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 now let, me, let me say this so you can understand this. When you gave your life to Christ, when you got born again, so many things happened. One of the things that happened was that your body of sin died. Hello? Your body of sin did what? Died. That's what the scripture says there. And now you have a new reality. When the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is what? A new creation. Old things, old things are passed away. And behold, all things have become new. There are so many things that passed away that many believers are not aware that has passed away. <laughs> Your mortal body passed away. You got to believe it to see it. Hallelujah. That body of sin passed away. You don't have it anymore. If you don't believe it, you will still be seeing the effects of what you don't believe. But if you can believe it, you will start seeing the new reality. God said, there is a body of sin that was put off by the circumcision of Christ. Verse 12. Buried with him in baptism. And I've explained this before. This is not just talking about water baptism. It's talking about baptism into Christ. Hello. There are many baptisms in scripture. Baptism into Christ. Baptism into water. Baptism into the Holy Ghost. This is talking about baptism into Christ. He says, buried with him in baptism, in which you also were raised with him. Through faith. Someone said through faith. Through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. Please, pay attention to this. So, when he was raised from the dead, was he raised from the dead spiritually? Only. No. When Jesus was raised from the dead, he was raised from the dead, spirit, soul, body. The church had only seen that he was raised spiritually. He wasn't just raised spiritually, he was also raised bodily. He rose bodily from the grave. So if I have been raised with him, and he was raised bodily, I was also raised bodily. Because how can I be raised with him? And he was raised bodily and I was not raised bodily. Then I was not raised with him. If I was raised with him, however he was raised is how I am raised. Can, you, can, 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 we, can we go through that again? If I was raised with him, however he was raised is how I am raised. So if he was raised bodily, I was raised bodily. Hallelujah. So he says, and you be dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh. He has made alive 
Are you reading? Are you reading? Are you reading? He has made a life together with him. Having forgiven you all your trespasses. He, was, he has made a life together with him. Together with him. So as he was made alive, I was made alive. In the same manner, together with him. So, so the body he came out from the grave is the body I have now. Don't be fooled by whatever you are seeing with your physical senses. That's the problem. These realities are, you only access them by what? Revelation. Hallelujah. So, so your body has been raised the way his body was raised. So when you set your mind to things in heaven, this is why he went on in chapter 3 to say, set your mind in things in heaven. Because that is your new reality. Let me show you. Let me show you. Let me show you. Philippians chapter 3. Let me show you. You need to get this. See, Philippians chapter 3 verse 20. Look at this. For our citizenship is in heaven. Are you here? For our what? Say, somebody say, my citizenship is in heaven. So I am a citizen of heaven now. For our citizenship is in heaven. From which? Hey, this is serious. From which? From that citizenship in heaven. We also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me unpack this a little bit. Our citizenship is in heaven. Now, I was born a Nigerian citizen. Even till now, I am still a Nigerian citizen. When I came to South Africa, I had to make adjustments in order to live here that were not necessary for me to live there where I come from. A, a very little example. When I drove a car in Nigeria, I drove on the right side of the road. That's how we drive cars there. But when I come in and I cross Arutambo and I come out of the airport, I must switch. If I took a car to drive, despite the fact that 10 minutes ago, I was in an aircraft, once I come into the territory of South Africa, I must make that switch. Why? Because I'm in another territory. I cannot... Start driving on the right side of the road. And when they stop you, say, no, I'm a Nigerian. Where I come from, I drive from that side of the road. You will get arrested immediately. Am I right or wrong? You will get arrested immediately. You will go into jail. Now, 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 now. Why? Because when you come here, you have to adjust to the tenets of the citizenship of this place. You can't say, oh, that's how I'm doing it, that side. So I must do it like, no, 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 you change. You make adjustments. So I have to, literally, you know, like when I go to Nigeria, on Friday, I am, no, okay, so, so, so this is Sunday morning. Saturday, I'm in Nigeria, I am driving. I am driving in Nigeria. I drive myself to the airport. And then I leave the car. And then I get on the plane. 
Six hours later, I'm in Johannesburg. And then I pick up a car. I have to make a switch. I sh my brain has to adjust. And I've done it so many times, so I've learned how to do it. I adjust my brain that you are now in another territory and the rules are different here. So you drive on the left, you switch. I tell myself, keep left. And then my mind shifts to be able to drive on the left. So literally six hours later, I am driving separate, differently from how I drove six hours before. Because I have to make an adjustment. Now listen to this. He says, for our citizenship is in heaven. So why does the Bible say, set your mind to heaven? Because that's where your citizenship comes from. In other words, align your life, your thinking, your operations according to heaven. Say, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior. So I am operating from that dimension and I am staying in that dimension. From which, in other words, it's not something that happens. No, no, I am operating from a citizenship in heaven. That's what God says. It says, verse 21, who will transform our lowly body? Did you see that? Who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body? So there is a conformation of the lowly body to a glorious body. According to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. Hey. So, let me explain to you what's going on. As you set your mind on things above, as you set your mind on heaven and keep it set there, that setting of your mind on things above us to heaven constitutes an eagerly waiting. So you position yourself in a place of readiness for the work of the transformation of the lowly body to completely look like the glorious body. And this is how we are supposed to live on the earth now. Hallelujah. This is how we are supposed to live on the earth now. I live on the earth completely aligned to heaven while I'm on the earth. That's why the Bible says you are in the world, but you are not of the world. You are in the world, but what? Not of... So if I set my mind to things above... I stay connected to the frequency of heaven. That's what it means to tap into glory. Are you here? That's what it means to what? Tap into glory. Listen to this. First Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3. I want to show you. Chapter 1 verse 3. Sorry. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 3. Look, look at this. Look at this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who, according to his abundant mercy, has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Are you with me? Are you with me? Verse 4. To an inheritance. Somebody said to an inheritance. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. There's an inheritance reserved in heaven for you. That inheritance is incorruptible. That inheritance is undefiled. What is that inheritance? 
What is that inheritance? A glorious body. Hallelujah. That glorious body is reserved in heaven for you now. Meaning that you can access it. It's for you. <laughs> you can access that body right now. And access it and enjoy the privileges. One of the privileges that is incorruptible. Is what? Incorrupt. Meaning that sickness and disease can't break it. So it is possible to live on this earth. And in this body. Connect with the powers of that other body. And he gives this one. <laughs> he gives this one immunity. He gives this one incorruptibility. Hallelujah. Look at verse 5. Who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be re revealed at the last time. So while I have an inheritance, I can enjoy the blessings of that inheritance now while I wait for the full manifestation of the inheritance. Let me show you. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Let me show you. This is very important to understand this. The reason why We have struggled to understand this because we have been so earthbound. And our minds are so set on earth. But today, you are learning. And you will, you, will, you will make the effort required to set your mind on things above. Are you here? Let's read. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. Listen to this. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, He's talking about this one. Yet the inward man is renewed day by day. What is renewing the inward man? When I set my mind on things above, I draw, I draw the life of above. Remember that life is the life that is ever increasing. Hello? Is the life that is what? So as I draw from that life, what does it do? It renews. It renews, it refreshes the, in, the, the inward man. Verse 17. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Let me qualify this. Let me explain this. Your, the light affliction is talking about the troubles of this world. Can only work a far more exceeding weight of glory if your mind is set to glory. Hello. It, because you are going through stuff. Listen. Because, because you are going through stuff. Doesn't mean it's benefiting you. Ah. It doesn't mean it's improving you. It doesn't. No. You can go through stuff that it will not improve you. It will not benefit you. In fact it will destroy you. Depending on what you do with your mind. While you are going through the stuff. Ah, yeah. so, so I can go through stuff. And because of the way I am managing my mind and what is going on in my mind while things are going on in my world, I can benefit positively from what I'm going through. It's not everything you go through that will benefit you positively. If you don't know how to manage your mind, can I explain this? If you don't know how to manage your mind and interpret what is happening in your life, what you are going through can make you bitter. Hallelujah. What you're going through can make you what? It can make you very bitter and very defiled. Or 
it can make you better. So whether what you're going through makes you bitter or God makes it better, makes you better, depends on how you interpret it. How you, how you interpret it. Because if you don't set your mind to things above, what you're going through will make you bitter. And it will destroy you. So he's saying here, what we're going through works for us a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory because we set our mind to glory. Look at verse 18. Why we do not look at the things which are seen. Why we do not look at things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Things which are not what? I have a glorious body that is not seen. I have an inheritance that is not seen. Let me, let me use an illustration to explain this to you. There is a dimension. That's the dimension we call glory. Where the blessings of God are localized. Where the blessings of God is what? There's a dimension. That's called glory. I need to access that dimension. And to draw the resources that is in that dimension. See. When man goes to the moon or goes to other planets, you know that when recently, recently, there was a mission to the moon. They, they, they just came back. But there was a mission to the moon recently. Americans went to the moon. When, when you go to the moon, it takes three days to arrive there. When you want to get out of your spacecraft or the moon craft, you have to wear a different kind of gear in order to operate on the surface of the moon. How many people understand what I'm talking about? You can't just wear this cloth and step there. So they have to wear a moon suit that has oxygen because there's no oxygen in the moon. That has oxygen and has the required protection from radiation to walk out and step into the moon. That gear allows them to exist and walk around in the moon. Man is preparing for a mission to Mars. Mars requires a different kind of suit. You can't just walk into Mars with this kind of cloth. You will finish. Because that environment was not was This body was not designed for that environment. So man has to build another kind of gear that you wear to be able to step into that environment. The same way, if you are going to step into glory, there is a gear required for that. There is a gear what? Required for that. The first time man went to moon, man picked up things, rocks and different things from the moon and brought back to the earth. But to be able to pick up rocks from the moon and take samples of stuff they found in the moon and bring back to the earth. Man had to wear a moon suit to be able to access the resources that were in the moon and bring it back. When man goes to Mars and wants to pick up rocks and take things from Mars and bring back to the earth, man has to wear a Mars suit to be able to access those resources. The same way, for man to access the resources that are in glory, man has to wear a glory suit. You have to wear it. And how do you wear that glory suit? When you set your mind 
You access that glory suit from the inside. When you set your mind in things in heaven, it puts on you the suit that belongs to heaven. And that is what we use to draw the resources of heaven. Can I tell you something, child of God? We are, we are learning now what is required as we become proficient to wear that glorious suit. We will be able to access every resource that is reserved for you in heaven. Every resource that is, re that is reserved for you in heaven. There are powers, listen to me please, there are powers and privileges that belong to that dimension. When, when we learn to wear that heaven suit and wear it properly, we will access those dimensions. Let me tell you one of the resources and one of the privileges of that dimension. It is to, the ability to operate outside of time. The ability to do what? Listen, listen. Let me, let me explain this. The Bible says that with God, a day is like what? A thousand years. And a thousand years is like what? A day. So meaning that when I wear that suit, hear what I'm about to say now. When I wear that suit that belongs to the glory dimension, I can listen. I can in one day, one day of transaction in the realm of the spirit, produce results that would take a thousand years to express in the earth. You didn't hear what I said. You, when you wear that suit, you can access resources. That in one day of interaction and engagement with heaven, you can draw resources that it takes a thousand years to, to explore them in the earth. This is the dimension that God is taking the church. As we learn to access our inheritance and put on that inheritance, we are able to access resources. Let me tell you the, the blessings for you. You know, some of us are crying that we feel like we've lost time. The vicissitudes of life made you lose time. You lost time. You've been on the singles bench, for instance, for 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, and you've been on that singles bench. <laughs> you know, you can learn to access the resources of glory whereby God can restore time to you. That when, when the restoration occurs, you can make the progress of 50 years in 50 seconds. You can make the progress of 50 years in what? 50 seconds. And everything is restored to you. And when they look at your life, they will not feel the effect of whatever time you lost. This is so powerful. When you understand what I'm saying, that means that it doesn't matter what the devil has done, you can undo all of them. You can undo all of them. It doesn't matter what delay Satan had done in your life. You can undo all of them. This is what happens as we learn to access the resources in glory. You can bring back restoration with compensation. You can bring back restoration. With, you can gain lost time back. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So when the Bible says that God says the years, the locust and the cankerworm has eaten, God says I will restore to you. What do you think he's talking about? It's this ability that that god gives to us as we access the resources of heaven we can restore things satan has stolen from us including time including opportunities hallelujah this is why when you wear that suit you are a problem for satan Aye. when you wear that suit you are a pro when you wear glory you are a problem for satan 
Because you are able to undo anything he has done. You can, you can resist it not only in your life, in the lives of people around you. So what do you think that was happening while Jesus was on the earth? Because the Bible says how God anointed Jesus. To anoint means to smear. Are you here? To anoint means to what? To smear. How To put on. To put on. How God anointed Jesus with what? With what? With the Holy Ghost. With the Holy Ghost. And with power. And then he went about doing good. So there was something Jesus was wearing. And he went about doing good. That suit allows you to do good in the earth. He went about doing good. And then doing what? Healing them that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. So there was something he wore. That made him reverse every sickness and every disease. Hallelujah. That made him do what? Reverse. Heal every sickness and every disease. Because in when wearing that, that dimension. You are able to undo whatever Satan had done. So that is why it doesn't matter where he met them. He undid what Satan did. A woman bent over for 18 years. He said, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. This woman shouldn't be like this. No, no, no. And he spoke one word. Bam! The woman stood up. Because when he was wearing what he was wearing, he had access to the resources of glory and the resources of heaven. You will learn to set your mind on things above. You will learn to set your mind and keep it set right there. Let me finish this and round up this message. We are pressing into glory. Amen. I said we are pressing into glory. Let me round this up. He says, why we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So you can look at the things that are not seen. You can look at things that are not seen. That's what God wants us to do. As we set our minds on things above, we look at things that are not seen, but we'll be seeing them. Look at this verse 5, chapter 5, verse 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1. For we know that if our earthly house, distant, what is he talking about? He's talking about our body. Okay, stay with me. Is destroyed. So if this body is destroyed, we have. Somebody say we have. Somebody say we have. If you have something, what does it mean? You have it. We have. Somebody say I have. A building from God. I have it now. A house not made with hands. Eternal in the heavens. I have it now. For in this we groan. Earnestly desiring to be clothed. With our habitation which is from heaven. If indeed... Having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. For, for we who are in this tent, this physical one, grown, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed. Are you hearing what this scripture is saying? Not because we want to be what? In other words, we are groaning, not because we want this body to be put off. No. But to be further clothed. So I'm wearing a cloth now and I'm groaning for another one to be put on top of that one. 
that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Now, he who has prepared us for this very thing is, of, is God. Somebody say, I'm prepared. Not he who is going to prepare. He said, I'm already prepared. He who has prepared us for this very thing is God. Who also has given us the spirit as a guarantee. Some version of the Bible say as a down payment. So when I received the Holy Spirit, I received a down payment. There's, a, there's an installment that has been put on ground. I have an installment of that heavenly body. That's what scripture is saying. When, when I came into Christ, I received a down payment. For we are always confident. Knowing, I'm, I'm going to stop on this one. We are always confident knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. <laughs> you know, we have read this scripture from a certain spectacle and we misunderstood it. Let me unpack it for you. Let me ask you a question. As a child of God, are you absent from the Lord right now? Eh? Eh? As a child of God, are you absent from the Lord? No. You are not absent from the Lord. No, you are not absent. He said, I will be with you forever. He says, I will be with you what? So I'm not absent from the Lord. I'm not absent. So, it's, it, you know, we have interpreted this to mean death. But it's, that's not what he's talking about. Because he says, we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. So, if, if what we are saying is what it is, you know, the way we interpreted it, that means that if you are in this body, you are absent from the Lord. But you as a child of God, no, you are not absent from the Lord. You are not absent. Mm -mm. Look at verse 7. That's the key. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. Look at verse 8. We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. So he cannot be talking about death here. He can't be talking about death here. For therefore we are, we, we are confident, yes, well pleased, rather, to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. What is he talking about here? Go back to where we started from. You are where your mind is. You are what? You are where your mind is. Now, if you just oppose that understanding here, to be at home in this body is to set your mind on things on the earth. And he says, don't do it. Don't do it. Because when you are at home, when you set your mind on things on the earth, you are absent from the Lord. And don't be absent from the Lord. Be where the Lord is. Hallelujah. Be where the Lord is. Set your mind on things in heaven. That's where the Lord is. So set your mind there and you'll be present with him. So he says here, 
We are confident. Yes, well pleased. Rather to be absent from the body. In other words, to not set our mind on this body. I choose not to be at home in this body. I choose to be at home within, in heaven where my, my real existence is, where my citizenship is. There is, a, there is a reality in the heavens. That's where I am supposed to be. I'm going to align with that citizenship. I belong to heaven. So, hallelujah. I belong to heaven and I have been given a heaven suit and I'm going to operate with it. My citizenship is from where? Heaven. So, so if, if somebody is from the moon, if someone is from the moon or, 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 or came from the moon, they will carry the characteristics of the environment where they came from. And if they want to operate here, they cannot operate with, with moon suits on the earth. They'll have to remove it and operate here. But God said, for you, a believer, you have dual existence. Choose to stay in heaven. Choose to what? Stay in heaven and be present with the Lord. Verse 9, he said, therefore we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well pleasing to God. I'm going to deal with this one next week. I don't have the time to open it. So, I choose to be at home with my heaven reality. Amen. Set your mind there. As you set your mind there, your body begins to assume the qualities of heaven. Not only your body, your world. The environment you live in begin to assume the qualities of heaven. We are that generation that will bring heaven on the earth. We will fill the earth with the glory of God. Hallelujah. The realities of, of the life of heaven, which includes abundance, which includes no sickness, which includes no death. We are, as we learn these things and do it, we'll be able to download that reality in the earth. And we're able to superimpose it in the, in the environment around us so that people around us can experience heaven because we brought heaven down. Hallelujah. So if people who are sick come into our space, we, we pray for them and they get healed. When we pray for people to get healed, what are we doing? We are bringing the life of heaven into their world. And we immediately terminate that sickness and that affliction in their body. That's exactly what Jesus did. In his three and a half years of ministry, he brought heaven down. And I'm saying to me and you, this is what God has called us to do, to bring heaven down. The same way Jesus brought heaven down. And release the world from afflictions, release the world from pain, release the world from every oppression of the devil. Can I get a big amen? We learn to set our mind on things in heaven. I see abundance flowing in your life. I say I see abundance flowing into your life. In other words, from today, please understand this. That it is happening around you does not mean that's the reality. Don't set your mind on things that are happening in your world. Set your mind in heaven. And then you can bring, you can bring the reality of heaven and superimpose on the things that are happening around you. Hallelujah. I see you changing your circumstances. I say I see you changing your circumstances. Do you know that if you understand what I am teaching and, and, and get a revelation of it, you become of all men most blessed because there is nothing that you face that you cannot change. There is nothing that is in your environment and in your world today that you cannot change. God has given you the power to change your world and turn the world into heaven. Somebody say, I will do that. 
Amen. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. I pray, Lord, that your, your, your spirit will open the eyes of your people to the reality of the blessing and the blessed hope of the inheritance we have received. That we will not live our life outside of our inheritance. We have received an inheritance and we will maximize the privileges of our inheritance, the capabilities of our inheritance, the powers and the blessings of our inheritance in the mighty name of Jesus. We declare that the earth will experience heaven because we lived in the earth. Teach us to set our minds on things above. Teach us to set our affections to the realities of the throne room where we sit together with Christ. That our minds never leave heaven. Our minds never leave the environment and the ambience of heaven. It doesn't matter what we're going through. We keep our minds set there. I pray for somebody who heard me today that revelation will dawn on them. And capacity will be given to them to learn to set their mind on things above. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. May the Holy Spirit give you deeper and greater understanding as you contemplate and meditate on these scriptures. Amen. There comes a time in your life when you need a change, an upgrade. You need upliftment. You need lasting results. You just want your life to be real. You need your life to be meaningful, deep, full, purposeful, and easy. You're looking for enlargement, amplification, increase, strengthening. You're looking for growth in your life. You want leverage, strategic advantage, gain and favor, ability to influence, class and strength. Join us at Resurrection Life Church every Sunday. Visit our website, reslife.org.za for more information. Make this year your year of being real. Embrace rapid enlargement and leverage. It is your time.